This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, and I am joined from Fokatane by Mawera Karatai. Kia ora, Mawera. Kia ora, Sam. How's it going? It's going well. I hear it's hot. Oh, it's so hot. It was, like, so hot last night, I think it didn't get below 20 degrees for the whole night. Yeah. I, I oh. wish it was winter. In the winter back. <laughs> and you're in red? Say that again. And you are in red traffic light. Oh, yes. Sorry. I just had a moment. I just didn't quite remember that. So actually, Jack had to explain to me what that meant because I thought that meant we were going back into lockdown. And he said, no, mum, it just means you have to wear a mask everywhere and life just goes on. And I said, OK, so you have to go to school then. He could have just <laughs> told me there was no school. <laughs> I would have believed him. Maybe you'll have to invent a new colour, ultraviolet. Yeah. Infrared. That's right. (laughs) And who are we introducing today? It is my absolute great pleasure to introduce uh, Kevin Hollingsworth. Kevin is the director of Mana Mana Enhancing Ropu. He is a mental health and addiction clinical supervisor. He's a lecturer in that space as well. Founder of the Two Tower Programme and... Kevin, you're amazing. What a cool life that you've got and what great stuff you're doing. And, you know, as I was just talking with our uh, police area commander the other day and he told me that here in the Eastern Bay of Plenty, between Murupara, Wapotiki and Kawaro, we have got the top, we're in three of the top four meth locations in Aotearoa, right here in this incredible place. So thank you very much for the work that you're doing to help us to overcome that. Thank you. I would like to just say thank you for allowing me to come here and a little bit of a mihi to my whanau who may be listening and an introduction to myself um, using my pipiha. Tēnei te mihi ki a koutou katoa i te whanau, puhuhu e tātou, ko taumai nei ki te tautuka te kaupapa. Uh, ko rua pekepeke te maunga, ko taumarere te awa, ko nga te hene te hapu, ko nga pui te iwi, ko akarama te marai, ko nga puhi te mātātua te waka. Nō rotoroa hau, ko nongatā te maunga, ko waititi te awa, ko waititi te marai, ko Kevin Hollinger taki ingoa, tēnā koutou, tēnā koutou, tēnā koutou katoa. I hail from this little place called Tōwai up north, but I was born and raised in, in Te Aroa, the heart of Aotearoa. Um, yeah, went to school there and I really love the place, but currently staying down in Wellington with my um, beautiful partner and enjoying life as 
on life's tombs. <laughs> <laughs> so are you are you working in Porroa that the work you're doing or is you doing at distance or something? Yeah, so I've got two paid roles. My my first paid role is that I am a clinical team leader for QNZ, managing a small team of group therapists that run uh, group therapy for mental health and addiction in the community in, in Lower Hutt. So I travel three days a week there and also work 0.5 um, as a supervisor lecturer for Awanui Arangi, Māori Indigenous Schools for um, Graduates. And it's a level eight postgrad diploma. It's the first one of its kind, uh, mental health and addiction from a Kopapa Māori perspective. And uh, yeah, really, really exciting about how that Kopapa is going to roll out. I'm, it's amazing. And I'm learning heaps myself. So it's really nice. There are so many things there for us to talk about. Where do we start? I'm going to go back to asking about. There is. I'm going to go back to asking about mana enhancing practices. Yep. To help with therapeutic something. Communities. Communities. Thank you. So those those therapeutic communities. Is that what you're talking about? Is that sort of group group sessions? Yeah. Or is, group sessions. That's right. So I suppose. Where the, where the idea or the founding uh, principle of the idea for me is a real personal journey. Um, I was addicted to many drugs for 27 years. I've been clean for 10 and a half now. Um, I've done all these fancy studies because when I was thrown into a prison cell and told to harden up because of my meth addiction, um, I really found, I really struggled with that because I knew that I was a person and I had so many attributes, I had so many skills but I was just, I just lost my mana. I lost, lost my way in terms of the, the sector. Yeah, I got thrown into a prison cell and one of the um, uh, pudakos or, or the uh, whakatoki that resonated for me is, um, why are you in prison when the door is wide open? And so sitting in my little prison cell and I thought, man, I'd love to make changes one day. So, yep, it was either death or prison for me. That's how deep it went. And I'm so glad the Atua chose prison for me. It was the best thing I'd ever gone through. I wouldn't wish upon anyone, but I went on to that journey because I needed to make changes and learn what it was like to be a person in recovery. So um, I never say that I'm Kevin and I'm, a, I'm an addict. I always say that I'm a kaitiaki, so a guardian of my journey. So when I come out of prison, um, my mum was my rock. She was there, picked me up from the prison uh, took me home and took care of me, basically. But there was still that addict behavior in me. And research shows the first five days of someone going into prison or coming out of prison, they go back to the same environment. So I think I was day six, um, struggled with that environment, um, ended up back into my addiction, but then I realized I needed to make changes for myself. And there was a number of things that happened. I smashed into an 80-wheeler truck, ricocheted off, smashed into another truck, um, all I could think about was my meth. Um, one day I got run, and, run over inside of my mum's driveway and I got up off the driveway and there was my mum behind me. And I think that was really the light bulb moment going on for me. So I sat on her couch, rested, ate, um, put on another 30, 40 kilos, 
And she said, what are you doing with your life? And I said, I don't know. I want to give back. And she goes, what about study? So my study journey started back in 2012. Um, did my uh, degree in social work. And I thought, man, this is amazing. Uh, really met some amazing people. My study friends were really amazing. They looked after me. We looked after each other. And I, st I got a job in the health sector. Now, I've got a criminal record of 20, 29 criminal records. Never thought anyone would ever give me a chance. And the health sector, the mental health and addiction sector, um, is wide open for Fano who have come out of that world to give back. And so, yeah, I started working for a service in, in Tauroa and Rotorua as a drug and health counsellor. And they gave me a chance and it was really amazing. So amazing. Um, I started running groups in the Marae, back on the Marae's. Um, I started looking at presentations with the same police that arrested me. Um, and then, but what I found is that there was a huge gap for Fano affected by methamphetamine. And so we developed this thing called Mana Enhancing uh, Program. So it's helped to uplift the mana of our people from the struggles of methamphetamine. And then we gave birth with it out in the community. And the people that were influential about the program were whānau that I worked with. And I've seen pure leaders in, in these three beautiful people now. Um, and they gave back. So we took the program, we opened up the doors in a local church, and we just were there once a week, every week, and we started helping or supporting whānau in recovery. And then it just got bigger. The guys started uh, really in, investing in the program. And so I thought, I need to write about this. And so my thesis is about mana-enhancing practices to help inform therapeutic communities. Now, the therapeutic community was developed in 1950. Excuse my language. Well, a white man in Tennessee, beautiful concept. But his vocado or thinking at that time was, uh, instead of individual sobriety, it needs to come from community sobriety. So that's the community. The therapeutic approach is actually helping to heal one another from a, a, a more holistic approach. So I looked at that and I looked, hey, mana enhancing is the te ao Māori perspective. Um, so we use the me mahi tahi tātou mō te oranga o te katoa. We should work together for the well-being of Let's not look at the dysfunctions of our whānau from the meth wheel. Let's look at what matters to them. Three principles, mana, modi, tapu. The mana is that everyone is born with mana, and they have mana walking through the doors for recovery. The tapu is the, the, it's the sacred space, and we all start with the karakia. And the modi is the essence of the life force of the kōrero shared. And so now the guys have given birth to seven other pika or groups around Eastern Bay of Plenty. Tani Atua, Whakatane, Waikari Moana, Wairua, um, Te Teko, and they are all ran by whānau who have come out of their meth wheel and about giving back in their communities. So I'm really excited about it. I love seeing people grow. Um, I love seeing people flourish in the communities. And so then I've based my thesis on mana and practices. Yeah. 
We're going to come back and talk about what you've done in your thesis. You've got a show and tell. It's on radio, but you can describe what you've done because there's a there's a thing you can show us. But first, let's have the first of your music song. Oh, look, there's a good segue. Let's have Eddie Swims and Tennessee Whiskey. Not about the guy from Tennessee, but about something else. Why this one? Oh, look, it, um, I just love his voice. I like the way that he... Uh, he really just hit those high notes. Uh, this song's got Tennessee whiskey. He looks, sort of looks like a guy in Z, ZZ Top. <laughs> Like your love getting me high. 
with Martin who I know is one of your supporters as you're working through your masters and um, he said ask him about his coming assessment on the 9th of December so tell us about your assessment on the 9th of December oh well yes 9th of December um, yeah look it's I think Martin's really he he's a kaitiaki he's a a beautiful man who has just really supported me through the highs and the lows. And so, yes, I'm really looking forward to coming down. So um, just going back, my partner and I um, contacted him one time and I said, look, we're coming down to Otago to meet you. And when I got there, he goes, oh, what brings you down here? And I said, I just wanted to meet you. And so, um, yeah, really amazing. So, We've just got the thesis, uh, it just came out of peer review, and there were some tweaks that I had to um, to do. And then he uh, put some tentative dates together, and yes, the 9th of December is the big day when I come down and present. Well, they, they say it in academic, um, present my findings or my argument. For me, I'm coming down to really have a forty or with the assessors and... Uh, really talk about some of the things that I've just talked about around money enhancing practices. But um, so I'm going to talk around the history of, of methamphetamine in, in Aotearoa, um, why it's important to talk about that. So that helps to inform the reason why we developed these programs. I'm going to talk a little bit about my own uh, journey of recovery and where I am now. And then I'm going to use an artifact Monopoly game, which was... Uh, it tells a story of my life. 
Um, hopefully, I'm going to get the assessors to come and play it, uh, elicit some cordial. And then I've got uh, two artifacts standing two metres tall. One is the Monopoly game, and which has the methodology research approaches underneath it, which helps to inform the reason why I've developed the Monopoly game. And also the Mana Enhancing uh, Flags, Mana Enhancing Stop, which is Stop Taking Our People from Meth. Um, so, yeah, really exciting about coming down. Uh, look, getting a little bit nervous, but uh, no, as I said, just coming down to really have a call it all. How does the game work? Oh, yeah, so um, it starts with this thing, Monopoly, like a Monopoly game. There's always a go. Uh, I think Darwin's uh, approach to uh, the the original part of the Monopoly game was, oh, I know what it is. Um, it's trying to get your opponent into prison or trying to bankrupt them or take money. Um, this one sort of tells a story around um, what that go looks like. So for me, it was gateway, gateway drugs. And it goes, um, so they start with monopoly, the gateway drugs and these different pictures. And each side of those pictures are the Pudako or story that tells a story of my life. Um, and then over here is prison, when I ended up in the prison cell. Come out of prison, and I started using methamphetamine again. I went from experimental use, social use. So it's like a cycle of change. But around on this side is the positive part of the board game. And then the last one is these hands are up, and that's me connecting to whakapapa, uh, reconnecting to my tūranga waiwai identity. identity. Who, the, who am I? Um, so, yeah, I hope to... My next part of the, the huarahi or this journey is to um, look at uh, developing an app. Uh, maybe I'll do my PhD. Is, uh, that could be the app, the interface part of the app, um, to use it as a platform so whānau can educate about the struggles of substance abuse. Yeah. How do you maintain a positive view for people who are still on those first two sides of the game. Does that positive mindset have to come in earlier if if you're working with them? Well, the the thing, because there's a a lot of pictures on there. There's, um, you know, there's a picture of a joint on there. There's the next picture of of a bullet. So cannabis was my gateway drug. So what it does is it, it helps to elicit the, the cordial shared from the whānau and go, well, where did your addiction start? Because from my personal view and also my professional view, there's not many whānau who have just walked off the street, started using meth. There's a gateway somewhere. So it just helps for that understanding of, of where that gateway was or what does that gateway mean to them? And then looking at the different stages they can play the board game, and as the as they move around the board game, the pictures illustrate a story. So I can relate to the story from my own perspective. I can relate to the story from a therapeutic perspective, and I can also relate to the story around the whānau member um, talking about their own struggles as, it, as as they move around the game. Yeah, so I think it's just around identifying where the uh, addiction started. But yeah, really excited about, um, I, I love doing things differently. 
I don't like working um, out of an office. I do get a few growlings here and there, but, uh, you know, I just love seeing whānau grow. And whatever capacity, um, I, you know, I, I help to, um, I help them with that, yeah. Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokanui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, nā maki arohanui kia koutou, ko tāhoahau. I hope you're all having the best day before superstars in your beloved universes. I really hope, wherever you are, and whatever's happening around you, this journey that we're all on together is proving to be rewarding, very sustaining, and illuminating for you more and more each day. Who you are, a triumph of nature's art, perfect unique and here making things better now i know for us all the last nearly two years have been such a time of stress and strife and trial and tribulation challenges and upheavals and change as we've had to come to terms with the reality of being in the midst of a global pandemic and for many coming to terms with this reality has been incredibly challenging and not fully realized so it's so important that we're kind to ourselves and each other at all times. We remember that we're all doing our best at all times. That we remember that we're all healing at all times. That we're all growing at all times, just in different ways and at our paces. So I really hope for you, whatever's happening right now, you're feeling the benefits of the compassion of others and also the benefits of compassion of yourself. I had a wonderful time yesterday babysitting my friend Dallas's son, Arlo, who I'm very lucky to call Starlo. He won't let anyone else give him a nickname, but I'm allowed to call him Starlo, which is very exciting for me and a great honour for me. And his lovely friend Eli. And they played several rounds of Twister, which was very exciting. And I got to spin the arrow around and say, left foot blue right hand read and all this sort of thing there's a lot of hilarity with this game and when they were exhausted from that we decided that we'd go to the best ice cream shop in town patties and cream and get all these very exotic ice cream flavors which was very exciting and then we took our ice creams to the park across the road and they clambered up these huge structures that had been built for play made of very strong ropes and various metallic shackles and they climbed all the way to the top of them over and over again and raced around these huge fields and jumped up and down on bouncy seesaws and octopus or more like a cuttlefish because they have four tentacles a cuttlefish like play object and I even hopped on one of the tentacles of the cuttlefish and it was very exciting and then we went over to the hallowed skate park where you know, older people were skating about and it was very exciting and they enjoyed running around in this very, very finely carved and uh, quite extremely deep but narrow bowl for skating, which my auntie Barb, who was a skateboarder in her day, told me was called the blood bath. And they enjoyed, and didn't, it did look like a bathtub, they enjoyed running up and down this and high-fiving the different graffiti creatures that were around the edge of it. And so, of course, this got me very inspired and in thinking about how wonderful it is that 
our bodies long to, to play and our bodies long to run and our bodies long to move. Our bodies long to be free and our bodies long to connect with the world around them. And our bodies long to just joyfully experience life. And at one point we had both of them sliding down this very steep muddy hill and their clothes became very, very muddy and you know, this was a source of great enjoyment as well and all the different ways they could slide down. Head first on their tummy, head first on their back, head first on their side, rolling down and becoming dizzy over and over again and it was very exciting and so of course this inspired me to reconnect with that aspect of myself and enjoy some of these ways of feeling free. So I really hope for you, you have the opportunity to play and move and, and run and dance and, and feel that electric energy in your body, that sense of freedom. And I look forward to talking to you. Thanks so much. Kakite. You're listening to Blowing Bubbles. We're talking with Kevin Hollingsworth. Kevin, there's, um, we've, we've been doing this for quite a while now, coming up for a couple of years uh, in, uh, I guess, March next year. And there's a real solid theme that runs through these and that's the power of hope and imagination and, and driving change. And at some stage in your life, that must have been very real for you because you would have to have drawn on those skills to be able to see yourself getting past your addictions. Where did that come from for you? Yeah, I, that's a good question. I think the... Yeah, drawing from the skills that I have within. Um, I think what, what really worked for me there, though, is that I had the uh, a person who was my mum supporting me through that. Now, a lot of whānau coming through their own addiction don't have that. So, you know, she would say things like, well, you've got a brain, go and use it. <laughs> you were brought up around tikana, uh, and that's doing what is right. Um, so those were little seeds being planted in my um, in the corridor there. So, but you know, I've when I started studying, that was the pinnacle for me in my recovery. I started writing about the struggles I went through, but from a more therapeutic approach, more from a healing approach. Um, I didn't go in there, oh, I'm sad, I'm this, I'm that. I actually went in there, wow, I can do this. Um, you know, 27 years on on these substances uh, does take a toll on you. I don't know how much of a toll it took on me, but <laughs> some of my friends that I've, I studied with, you know, they can whack out assignment in eight hours. It takes me like 30 hours just to do the same one. But um, I think for me, I used my personal experience into each assignment that really, really told a story. And I was able to bring in then research around that story and the essence of that story. So um, study was really the hopes and dreams that I had. So I encourage whānau who are coming out of their struggles in the meth world or the addiction, and they want to do something different with their lives. You know, what about study? What about, um, you know, developing or getting a gift in the study world, in the academic world? So that they have the tools to be able to give back for the whānau that they are supporting and healing and growing together. Do you see yeah. that 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 um, the story being able to tell your story 
do you see that as being central to healing for everybody? Like, is is that? Do you reckon that's the that's going to be the thing that does it? Oh, it definitely did it for me. I'm not saying that it's going to do it for everyone. Um, I think it's about Fano. I think the winner for me was changing something that I could socially bond and connect to positively, something real positively. And I found that study has worked for me because I had this epiphany, I had this uh, idea that one day I want to work with the police and work with the government agencies that once put me in the hinaki, which is a prison, in a way that we can support each other through the ideas and share resources. Um, and that's been a real dream of me. So now I deliver Wananga education programs since 2017, basically with the same police that arrested me in, in, in Rotorua and across the Eastern Bay. So these are all dreams that are coming through. It's really amazing. Um, I was really fortunate enough two weeks ago to go up to the National Head Office in Wellington, the Police Head Office. Wow. Um, and do a presentation to their psychologists. Um, and I met a real famous guy. His name's uh, uh, Blair McDonald. Um, awesome guy. I seen him on TV once ago. Man, I want to meet him one day. And, and I did. Um, but the work they're doing from a police perspective is, is something uh, phenomenal. And I, I really like that. Um, also with corrections, you know, working with corrections. Um, these are government agencies. I used to give them the one finger and, <laughs> you know, uh, and say that I'm, I'm better than them. But now we act, I actually work with them. It's really amazing. Um, and, and I think they feel it's the same way too. There's a saying that goes that we can't make change happen using the same thinking that created the problem in the first place. Something to that Love effect. It. Yeah. Property. So do you, are you seeing the change in thinking starting to happen because it seems to me that's what I'm I'm looking at you and I'm looking at your work and everything I've read about you that's what I see is the change different thinking different approach yeah. same players but a different way mm. is it working do you think are you are you seeing the kind of results that you want to see I've got this real drive around one and see the results straight away um it's it's not I'm not seeing it straight away, but I am seeing it, and that's the real essence. And as we shift through the the harakeke, the binding uh, together, I'm sure that the change will work. Yeah, so you can't change the problem with the same thinking that created it. That was Socrates. And Maslow's one was, um, he was from uh, Rotorua, actually, from a little place called Kautu, because that was the place to go to. No. I said that so many times, end up living there. Uh <laughs> But um, the other one that resonates for me, um, if the only tool in your toolbox was a hammer, then every problem you look like would look uh, you encountered would look like a nail. Um, so that one for me is fill your box or toolbox or kitty with ideas and love and um, different tools so that you have uh, ideas to share and share the love. Be a be a koha, not a hoha. I like that a lot. When when you look at the um, the people that you're working with, the whanau that you're working with, 
do you think that it's a limited number of tools in their toolbox that contributes to the problem? Yeah. Um, look, you know, poverty is a big one. As we know, a lot of our whānau coming through their, their own struggles has dealt with trauma. But what I've seen in the communities is that our loved ones, the ones who have never used substances before, really struggle the most. They're exhausted. They didn't even know what this meth looks like. So those are whānau we call indirectly affected by the substance, but directly affected by the behaviours of their loved ones. Um, and so those are the ones that we're reaching right out to and giving them hope, supporting them, um, looking at education as opposed, you know, education prevention as opposed to um, intervention, which, which is a real big one. Our co-maku and queer are really struggling with, our, with their, their moko or their, their children in, in the communities because of the struggles they're facing with their loved ones, yeah. Kevin, do you think that the the principles that lie yep. behind what you're talking about, I'm thinking of things, you're talking about mana enhancing, you're talking about collaboration, you're talking about aroha, you're talking about multiple tools in the toolbox. You're working in those things in the field of, of, of drug abuse and addiction. Can we use those same principles to improve how we're dealing with normal disruption in life or abnormal disruption? I'm thinking of things like the pandemic. I've, I really do believe that, Sam. If we use our values and our principles that um, – well, for me, the, my, my principles and my values align with my tupuna. They, the, they left, you know, fingerprints, footprints here for me to tap into, and like many of others. Um, so if I looked at my own struggles of methamphetamine, I didn't realize I was an adaptation or adaptation of my own environment. Only till like a matter of few years ago, um, I didn't realize it was my environment. I thought it was the chemical hits. Now, methamphetamine is the most powerful drug in this world. My education on meth was vague. I knew where the dealer was. I knew how to hide it. I got into a stage where I started cooking it. Um, had no idea how to um, do that. And I didn't realize I was putting these real harmful substances in my body. So what I'm trying to say is, if my education on this harmful drug was widespread, if I'd learned about substance abuse in school, um, maybe things could have been different, but I wouldn't change it for the world. But what I'm asking for us to do now is educate ourselves. Our whānau who are listening to this, who are struggling through their own meth addiction, they are the best teachers. They are the kaitiaki of their own journey. So what I'm saying is that if we start learning about things that we struggle with, we start understanding, because facts don't change people, your inability to reach into your emotions can help you change the way that you think through that emotion. So um, as this pandemic swept New Zealand, the methamphetamine pandemic has been sweeping New Zealand for 21 years. Um, they've spent millions on it. They've spent billions on this um, pandemic we call COVID. Um, but even before then, 
as the COVID started hitting our uh, communities, I wasn't going to go and get my um, my vaccination until I got myself, or well, until I started understanding more what that vaccination was about, or until I started understanding what the virus was about. And then I made that decision to go and get, um, you know, my vaccination based on the fact that I'd educated myself and educating myself around it, obviously. Just like addiction, we need to really understand what our whanau are going through. We really need to understand what matters to them. What It's not about what is the matter with them, it's about what matters to them. Um, from Te Ao Māori, it's a whanau hapu iwi approach to working collaboration to support one another, to educate one another so we can all prosper and grow. Let's take the second of your music choices. Let's have Hybrid Minds Touch. Why this one? This one's upbeating for me. Um, I use it in my runs. Um, I love uh, the, the lyrics to it. And uh, yeah, it just helps me create into a different space. Open my mouth to breathe the words to you. The words just won't come out, so I write. Right on the canvas built from feeling, emotion persevering inside. It's just one touch to open. One touch to close, one touch to show me, not all minds are cold. One touch to loosen, loosen the hold, one touch to free me from falling down on my Not all minds are cold 
that line it's not what's the matter with them it's what matters to them maybe maybe that's what we should be we, we should be getting across more widely Kevin we've seen lots of change in society over the last couple of years because of the the pandemic what do you think is going to stick and perhaps more importantly what do you hope will stick um just yeah everyone just keep learning and educating ourselves um, and, you know, if we think about this pandemic, it's, um, you know, it's not going away. Our government is doing the best they can with the best resources they can. They've got the top people right at there um, informing them. Um, you know, it is about educating ourselves and being aware that this virus is here. It swept New Zealand. Um, but, yeah, if we can all work together, we're all on this journey together. Let's sail it together. Um, yeah, see the person, not their struggles. I have some questions to end the show with and not very much time, so we shall have to rattle through them. Kevin, what is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? Oh, well, that's a... Um, I, I suppose in the last couple of weeks is to get my thesis to the next <laughs> line. <laughs> um, last couple of years, look, it, as I go back, it's a um, being supported by the different government agencies and our and our programs has been a. I think that's a real breakthrough, Sam. I've found that that was a real breakthrough. Um, you know, initially when we were talking to the police, 
They said, Kevin, we've been arresting people for 40 years. Now you want me to start working with you? And so there was many conversations um, in Te Ao Māori. We're having a hui. And people say there's a, too much hui, not enough dui. But actually, there was dui. We were in those spaces having these, people say courageous conversations. When they say that, it puts a deficit. I'm talking around meaningful conversations. What actually works? And so they listened to me. We listened to one another. We helped develop a program that, um, you know, is reaching out to our whānau. And, uh, yeah, next year we've been uh, funded. So by um, Arapautama Corrections and the police. Um, amazing. Really, really exciting. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. That is exciting. I've written down another thing, meaningful rather than courageous conversations. If you keep going, I'll fill up my whole book with clever things you've said. We're writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. It's our team of people doing good work. So you are most definitely in that team. What's your superpower? What's got you into the mansion? Oh, <laughs> Uh, my superpower, you know, really to be in touch with myself. Um, if I, if I, if I'm not right with myself, then I can't help anyone. So a lot of self care, a lot of taking care of myself, uh, going for runs, putting on weight every now and again. But yeah, listening and being in tune with my own self before I can give back. You've done it again. Do you consider yourself to be an activist? I think there is parts of me in there, um, Sam, deeply. <laughs> but, um, you know, I still like listening to the stories. So what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Um, every day I spend trying to be the best version of myself. Um, I don't, and every day I learn more about myself. So what's the biggest challenge or opportunity that you're looking forward to in the next year or so? Um, you know, to, to develop more of these uh, support groups and to work with the other, you know, other services more of a collaboration approach and building more resources into them and helping give to give hope to our whanau out there that are struggling. And lastly, you've given us lots of advice, or at least I've taken it as advice already, but do you have any advice for our listeners? Yeah, you know, if you, if you know anyone who's struggling from your meth addiction, or they're struggling around education. Um, I think education prevention is the key. Kia kaha ki te kōrero, kia kaha ki te mana, kia kaha ki te waka. We are all on this journey together, and we can do it with strength, by the ability of one another. Kia ora. Kia ora. Moera. Kevin... This has been an extraordinary conversation and um, so, it's something that such a complex issue that's affecting so many 
people in so many communities around the country on levels that I just can't even begin to understand. And people like you doing so much to try and fix that. I have so much admiration for you and what you're doing. Thank you for the commitment that you've made to try and make life better for others, for your wisdom and for the genuine love that you obviously have for the work that you're doing and the people that you're working with. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good luck on the, when is it, the 9th of December? Yes. Look, look here, forward to hearing how that has gone. We're going out this month because we've decided it's close enough to Christmas to variations on 12 days of Christmas. This is Goldfinger. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree. On the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me two turtle doves and a partridge in a pear tree. On the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. On the fourth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. On the fifth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me safe spaces around the world brought to you by the sustainable lens team which is brought to you by otago polytechnic we're broadcast on otago access radio every weekday afternoon at three and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz we had a contribution today from tahu mckenzie With Wira Kautai in Fatane, and we've been joined from Pororua by Kevin Hollingsworth. That was Blowing Bubbles. We hope you enjoyed the show. Drummers strumming. Eleven pipers piping. Nine words a leaping. Eight maids a milking. Seven swans a swimming. Six
This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.